Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone. This is Dave C. And you're listening to Never Isolated, a podcast here hosted on TalkShoe. The show ID is 7910667. And it's the weekend. Yes, um, it's actually already Sunday where I am because I'm uploading this as a live recording, doing it live, but on a uh, unlisted call. Because we're not doing stats today. Yes, um, the Never Isolated podcast is aimed to uh, give out information and uh, uh, facts and, and opinions and so on about the COVID pandemic, the uh, co- uh, coronavirus, COVID-19. And to that end, I do a daily podcast here, our daily episode, Monday to Friday. But at the weekend, we try and uh, forget those issues and try and give some entertainment value. And that is what we're about today, because episode 36, Never Isolated, is our lonesome quiz. It's lonesome quiz four. I'm recording this on the Sunday the 3rd, but uh, it will be showing on the feeds for Saturday. And uh, without any further ado, let me just explain the rules a little bit and then we will go on. Remember, you can pause any point if you need to think, but just play the game fair if you would, please. If you pause it for any length of time, instead of getting yourself or rewarding yourself 10 points for each correct answer, and you may need a pen and paper to keep count here, um, if you, you know, have to use the uh, thing to to perhaps extend the thinking time then please uh, drop your score to five points there are six rounds in all there are 540 points up for grabs and possibly some bonus uh, for any mistakes i make and i will leave those mistakes in unless something like my phone goes off or something that completely means i have to pause for any length of time we will you will be listening to this as it was recorded. The final round is an audio round, uh, so that's just to let you know. And we've got a range of rounds in between. And the first one will be an anagram round. And we'll try and do the whole thing in just under, or maybe just over, one hour. So one further thing to just mention, um, there will be no audience in the room, so you won't know whether you've got the highest score. Uh, but I would say that any score of, uh, uh, let's say, 250 to 300 is a fine score. Uh, getting 350, something like that, would be an excellent score. Anything over um, 400, you should slap yourself on the back. And I would imagine if you're getting near to the 500-point mark, then you will be indeed one of our top scorers. Just to remind you, of course, that the show Never Isolated is hosted here on TalkShoe. I do work part-time for TalkShoe, but this is my own personal call and is not sponsored by TalkShoe at all. The Twitter feed for this account is a single word, uh, two words actually, but it's written as a single word, Never Isolated. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I do tweet on there for this and... Uh, well, 
that's enough of that, isn't it? You want to play the game. The chase is on. Oh, sorry. Wrong name. Wrong name. The isolated quiz is on. <clears throat> so round one is anagrams. But uh, this time, the anagrams are all fruit and vegetables. So what I will do, uh, because I'm not doing this, as I say, in a well, I'm doing it in a live room, but without any participants here, I will spell out the anagram, even though some of them you will be able to um, probably guess. But for the sake of you having the letters in front of you, let me um, <clears throat> spell them out. So here we go. There are 10 in this round. I don't think it's too difficult. It's a nice warm round to get you going. Okay, so if you've got your pen and paper ready, I'll give you a moment for that. And we'll just take a second myself. Okay, here we go. I told you this is live. So, question one the anagram is cool crib. I know it's easy, but I shall spell it out C O O L C R I B. Cool crib. Could be a fruit, could be a vegetable. 10 points if you guess it. Not going to give any clues for these, I don't think, uh, unless it really is a. Well, I might for the second one, actually. Cool crib is an anagram of. OK, I'll tell you what, I will give you a clue if you haven't got it. Um, if I tell you whether it's a fruit or a vegetable and you haven't yet got it, so you needed that clue, give yourself five points. The answer is broccoli. But I didn't give you a clue that it was a vegetable, did I? So we'll remember that for next time. Okay, so number one, cool crib is an anagram of bull broccoli. Yeah, you found the standard, haven't you? You found the standard. It's fun. I'm not going to be too serious. I'm not going to be too uppity about it. I'm not going to pause and uh, do editing if at all possible. Here we go. Number two, boy, er, sen, bye. <laughs> so let me spell those letters out. B O Y. E double R S E N E Y B O Y E double R S E N B Y. That's why the pen and paper helps. And I am going to give a clue for this. And I think the first clue I'll give, especially for my UK friends, um, I think this is an American name for something that we probably are not that aware of here in the UK. Although when you hear the name, you will be aware of it, of course. B-O-Y-E-R-R-S-E-N-B-Y. -R -R -E -E okay, right. Let me give you a clue to drop it down. It is a fruit this time, it is a fruit. And I'll give you another clue. I think it goes by another name, but I don't know that other name at the moment. Okay, the answer is boysenberry. Boysenberry. So that's the answer for number two. Number three, let's move on. The anagram is clue, foil, raw. C-L-U-E. 
F-O-I-L-R-A-W. Fruit or vegetable, what's that an anagram of? C-L-U-E-F-O-I-L-R-A-Y. And I'll just tell you that um, there's slightly one benefit of not having live participants in the room. Well, it doesn't mean it means there's less atmosphere, obviously. But what it does mean is that... Um, the audio should be clear enough for you to get it. Uh, often when we've done live quizzes, uh, and sometimes I've been a guest host, quizmaster, you're having to repeat the questions because somebody talks over it uh, or somebody has you know, some background noise or a dog barking. <clears throat> yeah, I'm talking about you, Ian, and uh, so on. But here we go. Right, the clue down to five points, it's a vegetable this time. Number three, it's a vegetable. Okay, clue, foil, raw is an anagram of cauliflower. So you've either got no points, five points if you needed the clue, ten points if you got it yourself outright. Number four, magenta pour. And I need to spell especially the second word there. So it's M-A-G-E-N-T-A, -A, magenta. And then pour, spelled P O. R-E, like a pore in your skin. I think this is an easy one. I don't think you'll need a clue for this one. Fruit or vegetable, magenta, pore. Pore is spelled P-O-R-E. Use your pen and paper if you need it. Okay, not going to dwell long on this one. Uh, down to five points, it's a fruit. And magenta, Poor. Question four, the answer is pomegranate. You got that one, didn't you? And uh, I watch all these um, cooking programs on BBC and the number of times they use pomegranate, you know, as like a dressing on, on salads and things. Um, amazing, really. Anyway, next one, number five. Saga, wrap, us. Ooh, and as I read that, that sounds an easy one to me. S-A-G-A-R-A-P. U.S. Saga wrap us. It's either a vegetable or a fruit. And a free clue here. This is one of the things I often see that they use on starters in uh, these cooking programs. That's given it away, hasn't it? Yeah. Okay. Down to five points if you need to know that it is a vegetable. Saga wrap us. Yeah, I know I'm taking my time on this, but there's some slower ones at the back that need a little bit more time. <clears throat> the answer is asparagus. Number five, the answer is asparagus. So you could be up to 50 points already. Okay, number six, meteor lawn. M E T E O R. L-A-W-N, Meteor Law, Lawn, enunciate David, Meteor Lawn, fruit or vegetable, this is number six. Okay, down to five points now if you need the clue that it is a fruit. 
And they're saying the second question. Final answer. Final answer is watermelon. Number six is watermelon. So we'll just uh, got my questions here. Just moving that up. Number seven. Dash hero, sir. Yes, I'm a dashing hero, sir. <laughs> and I'll spell that out. D A S H. H E R O. S I R. Always worth writing that down because first word ends with a H and the second word starts with an H. So you make sure you've got the two H's in there. So it's D. No, that's not the answer. I'm talking about the clue. D A S H H E R O S I R. Fruit, our vegetable. And we're going up to number 10. This is seven. Okay, it's, I'm going to say it, it is a vegetable. Uh, let me give you a bit more clue. <clears throat> a root vegetable. Let me give you that little bit of a clue. You're down to five points. And here we come with the answer. Dash hero, sir, is an anagram of horseradish. Horseradish. Very strong. And apparently you've, um, there's, there's, um, there's the real stuff, isn't there? <clears throat> Well, horseradish is the English one, and then I forget what the name of the uh, would wagabi is it wagabi something like that. Yeah, you're laughing at me now, but you know what? Wasabi, the sabi is the really strong one. But the thing with that apparently is, um, in posh restaurants, they actually grate it on your plate at the table because it loses its um, strength, its um, hotness fairly quickly so they put it on at the very last moment or even come to the table and put it on there very expensive relish i would say it is okay number eight beer hulk cry the hulk is crying for his beer yeah b-e-e-r-h-u-l-k-c-r-y beer hulk cry what is it What's it an anagram of? You're getting into the swing now, aren't you? Good. Hope you've got a nice, quiet place to do this. Whether it's... Um, did, did, did I give today's date? I think I did, didn't I? Yes, it's um, Saturday the 2nd of May 2020 as I do this. Sorry, uh, it's the 3rd, Sunday the 3rd, but it will be on the feed on TalkShoe for um, Saturday the 2nd of May 2020. So... Uh, as we often say, if you're listening to this in five years' time, um, we're just about coping here in 2020. Very, very tragic year for the whole world. But uh, for those of us with you, with us now, fairly shortly after I record this, um, we're trying to forget those issues at the moment and enjoy a quiz. Okay, it's a fruit. And... I'll give a second, I'm down five, uh, five points when I tell you that it's a more well-known American name for a fruit. <clears throat> and the anagram answer is huckleberry. Huckleberry. Okay, just two more to go on this. And I'm going to give you two anagrams here. The answer is both the same and different. Oh, he's playing with you now. He's toying with you. Yes, 
because um, in two different countries, the same uh, vegetable or fruit has two different names. So if you live in Europe or the UK, your anagram clue is air bun ghee. And that's A I R B U N G double E. Now, if you live in America, your anagram for the answer is gang pelt. G A N G P E L T. And if you get both names, you get 20 points. So you could be up to 550 heavens. And, and while you just work that one out, you can either give one answer or both answers. And uh, I'm just going to mute and have a little sip. Yep, back. One answer, air, bun, ghee, or if you do the second one as well, or whichever way around, gang pelt. And I think of it as a vegetable, but I'm not too sure that it could be classed as a fruit. So we'll, we'll not count as a clue. If you get it right, you still get 10 points. Okay, the air bun ghee is aubergine, aubergine. But in the US, it's better known using the anagram gang pelt as eggplant, eggplant. Okay, last one on this round. Yeah, we're still on the first round and we've been going, oh, we've been going about uh, 15 minutes or so, haven't we nearly? Okay, here we go. Maybe a little longer. Uh, number 10, bar the spy. B A R E R R S. P Y. Give you a chance to write that down if you're doing it that way. B A R E R R S P Y. A lot of R's in there. That should give you a clue. Well, let's move on with this. I'm already going to go to the clue. So if you've got it now, you've got 10 points. If you need to know that it is a fruit and you only then got it, you only get five points. R A uh, Spy Raspberry. Raspberry. Okay, and that is, um, I've used a place called, and um, this was done a while ago, this quiz, most of it. I've added some bits to it, but it was um, from um, www.easypeasy.com anagrams. And um, the Wikipedia <clears throat> list of col culinary fruits and Wikipedia list of vegetables was where I found uh, the choices to use for that. Now, this next round <clears throat> is a little bit up to you because it's one question, one question, but there are 12 answers. Now, I'm going to suggest when I've given you the question, you pause. Now, when you pause, you know, you're on your honour here, folks. I would suggest if you take a pause of less than, I was going to say five minutes, but I don't know whether that's too long. Let's say if you pause, and you, you don't have to spell the whole sentence I put, but you get the sense of what I'm giving as the answers later. Um, 
if you can do it under say two and a half minutes or under three minutes then you get 10 points if you need five or six minutes or however long you choose to pause so let's do it that way if you if you hold your pause for less than five minutes um, and then unpause to see what the answers were and I haven't asked you the question yet so you can't have started uh, thinking about it yet so if you if when you hear the question you pause and then the clock has gone less than five minutes before you unpause um, you get 10 points for each answer so that's 120 points up for grabs if you've had to pause for a lot longer before you decide to unpause then give yourself five points for each unless you felt as though you got the first five or six very quickly in which sense you know score yourself 10 with that so use your own system on that one I will be pausing uh, not pausing but I will be silent for about 10 or 15 seconds just to give people a chance to reach out and grab the pause button here is the question round two in your own time but obviously hopefully less than five minutes state any of the 12 labors of Hercules and if you get a sense of it even a single word that might do so I'll give you a slight clue here it doesn't knock your points down if for instance one of the labors was to do with a creature if you name the creature that can be classed as answering the question okay you got the thing right in about uh, I'm going to go silent for about 10 seconds to give people to reach out and pause for themselves so wait until you've got as many answers as you think you know and then unpause off you go pause <clears throat> Okay, I'm assuming I left long enough for people to pause and now they have unpaused. Here we go. As I have them written down, is one of his labours was slay the Nemean lion. So if you've got lion anywhere in your list, that's 10 points. Slay the nine-headed Linearan, sorry, but it's the Hydra, the nine-headed Hydra. So if you've got Hydra, you'll have 10 points. Three, capture the golden hind of Artemis. So if you put golden hind or golden sheep, then that will do. Four, capture, you don't have to have them in this order, obviously. The Erythrian, sorry about the, normally I'd put these in text, but I'm not using the text because there's nobody here with me. Uh, here we go. And also people could cheat listening later. So there we are. Uh, number four, caps the Arimathean, is it? It's a boar. Anyway, a wild boar. Fifth one, clean the Aegean stables in a single day. So it's cleaning out a stables. Next one. Slay this. Oh, gosh, I should, I should have checked how to pronounce these words. Symphonian birds. So I'll spell that word out S T Y M B H A L I A N. But if you if you put 
to slay birds. That will do. Capture the Cretan bull. So if you've got bull. Steal the mares of Diomedes. I suppose if you've got horses, that will do. Obtain the gurgle of Hippolea, the queen of the Amazons. So steal something from the queen of the Amazons. Difficult some of these, aren't they? I didn't know half of these. Obtain the cattle of the monster Giron. And that's spelled G-E-R-Y-O-N. So if you've got cattle. Next one, number 10. Steal the apples of Hesperides. He had to help Atlas to pick them after Hercules had slayed Ladon. In actual fact, that was number 11, wasn't it? And the last one is capture and bring back Serbius, C-E-R-B-E-R-U-S. And I think that's like a, a, a double-headed dog, isn't it? Or a three-headed dog. A little bit like the one they had in Harry Potter, I think. Wow. So that was a tough round. You may have paused to just check your answers there. But if you've got a lion somewhere, that's 10 points. Hydra somewhere, that's 10 points. Golden fleece, a golden hind, a golden sheep. The other 10 points, a boar, uh, clean stables, birds, bull, mares are horses, um, something from the steel, an article from the Queen of the Amazons, uh, take the cattle from a monster, steal apples, and bring back Serbius. Okay, tough round that, wasn't it? But uh, we'll, uh, we'll see. Okay. We're up to round three. <laughs> Let's hope this is an easier round. Well, I should know. Is it an easier round? Yes, I think it's an easier round. Okay, have a sip of your drink. You've been allowed to pause, of course, between rounds. That's absolutely fine. That's not cheating. It's it's if you're pausing in between rounds that you reduce, or in between questions, where you need to reduce your score from 10 to 5. You're wittering, David. Get on with it. They're impatient there. Look, look, they want to get on. Here we go. Round three. Fictional detective, policeman, stroke investigator. I'm going to give you the clue, but which detective am I? Now, some I'll give a very brief clue. Some I'll give some information following on. If you think, I don't know that one. That's a bit obscure. Try and give some information about it. So, this, this, and I might give you a further clue whether the mainly UK are US. This one is a UK one. This policeman detective was first played by the actor John Nettles. Actor John Nettles. And I will give one more clue in a moment. Right. Well, the, I'm going to give you a clue now. It was a DCI and his first name was Tom or Thomas. What was the name of the character? 
Okay, the answer's coming now. It was Tom Barnaby, DCI Barnaby, uh, in Midsummer Murders. And I'll read you a little bit about that. Um, Midsummer Murders is a British television detective uh, that drama that aired on ITV since about 1997. The show is based on the books by Caroline Graham, as originally adapted by Anthony Horovich. The current lead actor, uh, after John Barnaby, uh, Neil uh, Duggan, um, and so on. So I won't read all of that. Um, uh, the Barnabys have had a few sergeants throughout the run of the show. Uh, D.S. Gavin Troy, so give yourself five points if you name that one. D.S. Dan Scott, give yourself five points if you mention that one. And D.S. Ben Jones, uh, if you mention that one. So that's uh, a couple of bonuses there, if you think. Okay, what was the name of the Chiefs Inspector in the Ruth Rendell Mysteries? And I think this was more in the U.S., was it? Maybe it was in both countries. What was not the actor's name? We're after the the in the detective, the policeman, the investigator's name. Who? What was the character name of the chief inspector in the Ruth Rendell mysteries? It was a detective, chief inspector. And then I'm going to be kind here. Even if you just get the surname, uh, uh, you can have 10 points. And the answer is Wexford. It was Reginald Wexford. And um, the actor I know who played him was called George Baker. If you put George Baker, give yourself five points. Question three. The This young detective constable had a crush on a policewoman called Chaz. C-H-A-S. This young detective constable had a crush on a policewoman, a uniformed policewoman, called Chaz, C-H-A-S. Oh, Ian got that one straight away. I can hear him answering, shouting, shouting back at me. Give you a moment to think. Okay, right, for five points, not ten, I'll give you a clue. Uh, this detective constable who had a crush on this policewoman called Chaz, this two series this character was in was Life on Mars and Ashes to Ashes. You can get that five points back, though, if you know not only the detective, but the actor who played him. So you can get back up to ten here. The young detective had a crush on a policewoman called Chaz, as did many of us. Okay, time's up. The detective constable was Chris, Chris will do, because he was often in that, Chris Skelton. Life on Mars, Ashes to Ashes, played by Marshall Lancaster. Um, and I'm re-watching Ashes to Ashes at the moment um, on one of the streaming services. Okay, question five. There are only six in this round, so here we go. He came to head up his own TV show after many years of endeavouring to learn the ropes. Now, there could be two answers you're thinking about there, but I'm 
um, that endeavouring is a sort of a clue, but it could send you in the wrong direction. He came to head up his own TV show after many years of endeavouring to learn the ropes. He was the junior partner in a, a two inspector or detectives. Okay, I'm going to give you a big clue now. If you haven't got it yet, you're down to five points when I tell you that the series takes place in Oxford in the UK. Okay, here we go. It's um, Detective Sergeant, later to become an Inspector, Lewis, who, of course, with Inspector Morse, uh, the series, of course, was Morse, where he played his sergeant, and then he went on to have his own show called Lewis. These were, well, the original stories were written by Colin Dexter, and it was Kevin Waitley who played uh, in both Inspector Morse and Lewis as the detective sergeant. Okay, here we go. Last question this round. Oh, the time's running away from us here. An inspector calls. But what is his name? This is a famous, I suppose, stage play most people will think of it as. An inspector call. But what was the name? I'll give you a free clue here. Uh, this was written by J.B. Priestley. I won't send along this because you either know it or don't know it, I think, and I didn't know it. The Inspector Calls in that story is Inspector Ghoul, and it's spelled G-O-O-L-E, written by J.B. Priestley. And I got all those questions if you want to find out where to, to blame from Wiki again. And this was wiki.org forward slash wiki forward slash, and this is with underscores between the words, list of fictional police detectives there you go right we're up to round four and i think i better get a, a shuffle on i better get a shuffle on i get moving get going here we go um now i'm going to get i have to spell out these words so again you may need your piece of paper to hand because i will spell the names of round four mythical beasts legendary creatures and other so some may be from mythology some may be more from you know fantasy and some may be from literature and so on so here we go oh they may be from national national uh, 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 myth and legend shall we say right right what do you think or what is the origin anything like that that you get that that, that, that nails this down uh, gives you the points and the first one is a dialogue and I'm going to spell it just in case I'm pronouncing it wrong D-I-L-O-N-G a dialogue now think where have you heard about that what do you associate it with I'm going to be very loose here with allowing you to score yourself if you get any sense of the answer I give give yourself 10 points if you're only sort of touching on it then then mark yourself down to five points okay uh, if uh, Mike is doing this 
he might know it, although I think he's more Japanese than, yes, I've given a clue, because it's not Japanese, it's Chinese mythology, and he would know it more if it was Japanese mythology. Okay, that's a long time. The answer is, in Chinese mythology, a Dailong is an earth dragon, one of the many types of long dragons, such as a Xianlong, divine dragon, and Hunnailong, yellow dragon. And um, I think they come out at Chinese New Year, but a Dailong, it's the earth dragon. But dragon, you can score yourself for dragon. Number two, Grindylo. Grindylo, let me spell it, G-R-I-N-D-Y-L-O-W, Grindylo. It's sometimes called a Grundylo. Grindylo, Grundylo. Again, if you get a sense of the answer I'm going to give you, give yourself four points. And let's go with the answer. So I think this is one you'll either know or not know. A Grindylo... Aragrundilo is a folklore creature that originated from folk tales in the English counties of Yorkshire and Lancashire. The name is thought to be connected with Grendel, a name a term most famously used in Beowulf, but also found in many old English charters, where it is seen as a connection with meres, bogs and lakes. Grindylows are said to grab little children with their long sinewy arms and drown them if they come close to the water's edge. Grindylows have been seen as bogeymen and used by as a ploy to frighten children from many pools, marshes or ponds where they could ground, drown. Okay, so if you've got anything to do that sort of meshes with the correct answer, give yourself points. Number three, Gulon. That's G-U-L-O-N. G-U-L-O-N. I'm going to go fairly through with the quickly with these because they're the sort of things you either know or you'll have no clue. I will give you a clue here though, it's to do with Scandinavia. But you've got to get something else that matches what I'm going to read out. Okay, you probably don't know this one. You may be already think it's easy peasy. Here we go. The Gulon, G-U-L-O-N, is a Scandinavian legend also known as a Jeriff, G-E-R-F-F. -F. So if you put Jeriff, get your points in northern Sweden. It is a hodgepodge of various creatures, usually described as being the size and shape of a dog with some cat-like features such as the head, ears and claws. It is supposedly have supposedly has a thick coat of shaggy brown fur and a tail resembling that of a fox. So it's a mixture of a dog, cat, and a fox. It is notorious as a symbol of gluttony because of the strange eating habits it's supposed to have. I don't think I'll read all that. Sounds a bit gruesome. So there we go. But it does say it probably has. Uh, shared traits with a wolverine, uh, with the animal native to Arctic climates around the world, including Scandinavia. Here we go. Uh, number four, Guy Poe, G-U-I-P-O. And I'm sure like me, you'd heard that reference, Guy Poe, but weren't sure what it was. So have a think, moment to think.
and here we go I'm going it's Chinese culture I think you could have probably got that from the words guy pole G U I P O okay here we go with the what I've got about it there are many references to ghosts in Chinese culture even Confucius said respect ghosts and gods but keep away from them so if you put a ghost then you can have one I think there was a Sarah Michelle Geller remake of a Chinese movie where I think it might have been that might have been a guy poe in that ghosts take many forms depending on the way in which the person died and are often harmful that's the way they died Many of the Chinese ghost beliefs have been accepted in neighboring cultures, notably Japan and Southeast Asia. Ghost beliefs are closely associated with traditional Chinese religion based on ancestor worship, many of which were incorporated into Taoism. So there you go. Um, many Chinese people today consider it's possible to contact the spirits of their ancestors through a medium and that the ancestor can help their descendants if properly respected and rewarded. Number five, and only six in this round, Beto Beto San. Beto Beto and then it's dash San. Spell that out. B-E-T-O, B-E-T-O, dash S-A-N. Beto San. Again, not going to spend a long time waiting. You either know or don't know. We're Japanese now. Okay, if you put spirit this time, invisible spirit, you've got it right. An invisible spirit which follows people at night, but making the sounds of footsteps. Last one, Akapara. I think that's how you pronounce it. A-K-U-P-A-R-A. -A. Spell that again. A-K-U-P-A-R. And I'm going to give you a clue. It's um, Hindu. It's a Hindu creature or legend or whatever. I am going to give a clue to this one. In a moment. Okay, many people trying this quiz, hope you're out there and enjoying it, think of Discworld, that might give you a clue, a re-Discworld, down to five points if you only got it after you heard that, because the answer is the giant turtle that supports the world. Remember, Discworld famously has that turtle flying through space with four elephants on its back and the Discworld on top of that. But that is the um, giant turtle that supports the world. Okay, let's go into something a bit more science fiction here this time, not, not, um, not uh, legend and myth, but science fiction. And we're on round five, science fiction, fictional planets. Right, fictional planets. How many have we got of these? We've got eight of these. So let's get along with that. Hope you're enjoying it. If you've taken a break, if you stop between rounds, rounds, pause, that doesn't affect your score. It's only if you're pausing between me asking the question and you answering it. That, that means you should drop down to five. But here we go. Quick fire one, I think, this one. Just want to get on to that uh, last round with some audio, don't we? We like audio. Here we go. Question one. What is the name 
of He-Man's planet. Yeah, we're going highbrow now. Ian's back in the game. What is He-Man's planet in Masters of the Universe? What is He-Man's planet in the Masters of the Universe? No clues, although I will spell it out just in case I, I spell it, uh, pronounce it wrong. Where's the He-Man? You know it. Cartoon in your childhood, maybe. I'll probably on reruns now. The answer is Eternia. E-T-E-R-N-I-A. He-Man's planet in Masters of the Universe is Eternia. Question two. A planet that is the origin of the immortals in the Highlander series. This is the second movie. And I'm sorry to mention that concept because really... The worst thing about Highlander was the introduction of um, um, aliens that are supposed to be the origin of the immortals. And no touch from any Doctor Who fans that don't like recent uh, changes to the canon. I think you'll either know this and you won't. Uh, a lot of people only watch the first Highlander film. I love the Adrian Paul uh, TV series and of course the uh, I think it was Highlander 4 that came out um, with uh, Agent Paul, I think he did two of those I think one went straight to DVD the answer is Zeist Z-E-I-S-T Zeist which is strange really because I would have thought it would start with a K because nearly all the baddies in Highlander they, they, their names began with a K Okay, question three. A planet covered by a single sentient organism in the book of that name by Stanislaw Lem. So how's your Russian fiction, our Russian science fiction? A planet covered by a single sentient organism in the book of that name by Stanislaw Lem. And I think, when I'm thinking back, I think there was a Blake 7 story where they came to an, uh, a planet like that. And Doctor Who, they've even come upon a sun that's like that. Anyway, the answer to question three, you may have heard of the film. Solaris is the name of the planet. Solaris, 10 points if you got that one. Here's an easier one, but I can't pronounce it. But um, if you're saying it in your head, get give yourself the points. Um, the planet in the movie, Fifth Element, the Bruce Willis film, Fifth Element. You remember the girl diving off the balcony with the red hair? That's the one. Some very strange uh, performances in that. Visually stunning film, but we know... The name of the planet. Now, you might not get it. I don't think I knew it. It's Floston. And I'm going to spell that. It's spelled F-H-L-O-S-T-O-N. Floston. If that's how you pronounce it. Okay, number five. We're up to number five. An Earth-like agricultural world to which prisoners and slaves are transported in um, the... Catanelli series is it by Amber Caffrey, one of the, the, the better, well, best uh, of the female science fiction writers. Amber Caffrey, um, 
these were the uh, Dragon World stories. Yeah. Now there was a planet called Pern, but um, this is not the answer we're looking for. Give yourself, if you thought of Pern, give yourself five points because there is a Anne McCaffrey book I think called the uh, Dragons of Pern and a series of those. But the Earth-like agricultural world to which prisoners and slaves were transported was called Botany. Yeah, they're in connection with Botany Bay, isn't it? Australia. Botany, it was called. Okay, we're up to number six. Sorry, we're up to, um, yes, we're up to number six now. The planetary setting for the Flash Gordon adventure comic. The planetary setting. Yes, no, no points for Ming. Ming was the Ming the Merciless. But what was the planetary setting for Flash Gordon's adventure comic? Oh, come on. You know it. Okay, time up. The answer is Mongo. M-O-N-G-O, Mongo. Question seven. The planet of light in the British puppet TV series Space Patrol. Now, if Dave Keep is trying this quiz, David Keep of uh, Professor Dave's Ark in Space fame, I think he, I think he used to watch this. I, because he's a real big fan of uh, uh, classic science fiction, old TV science fiction. You probably know this one: The Planet of Light in the British puppet TV series Space Patrol. Okay, you either know it or you don't. The answer is. Lumen, L-U-M-E-N, Lumen. Last one in here. I think, oh, if you like science fiction movies, you should know this one. Ken will know this, I'm sure. A few of my other friends will know this one. Uh, Jeff, would he know? Yes, Mike probably would know. Yeah, I'm name dropping here. Would Perry know? Maybe, maybe. Let's see. Maybe Mark would know. It's number eight. A war-torn planet visited in the 1950s B-movie cult classic, This Island Earth. This Island Earth. I'll give you a bit of a clue. On the way to this planet, uh, the Earth scientists have to stand inside this tube to strengthen their bodies against the gravity, the severe gravity on this world that they're going to. Okay, time's up. Metaluna, Metaluna is the world in that. Where are we up to? Oh, about 50 minutes, I think, coming up. Yeah, 50 minutes, but we're on to the last round. I hope you're still with us. Hope you're enjoying it. Let's go. Now, we've got... We've had rounds, audio rounds, where you've had to guess a person. But we're going a bit off, uh, off kilter here because we've got creatures. You're going to hear a creature sound, yeah? Uh, some of them are barking mad. <laughs> no, I'm not. The, the sounds. Okay, here we go. Let's get on with it. Let's get on with it, David, before your voice gives up. Here we are. And we've got, how many have we got? We've got 12 of them. So another 120 points up for grabs. Some of you can out there could double your score, triple your score from uh, what you've got. Uh, hopefully, there's a few people already up to uh, over 250, 300 points by now. 
last 120 points up for grabs. And I think the total now is more like um, 560 or 70 if you get everything right with some of those bonuses I've thrown in. Okay, here we go. Now, I'm going to play a clip. I may play it short the first time and play it longer for a second time. But I think we'll leave it at 10 points uh, whenever you get it, unless I think it's too easy and I'll pause the sound. So here we are. Let me move to up way up. So, um, right. Um, oh, yeah, they've got one proviso just to mention. It may be a single creature or a group of these creatures if they are the sort of creatures that gather together. So just remember that. Okay, here we go. Number one. Listen carefully. Right, what do you think that is? Can I give a clue? I'll give you a clue. Down to five points if you need the clue. I thought it was a hippo when I first heard it, but it's not a hippo. So cross hippo out, have another guess. I'll play it again. And I'll give you a clue. I'll give you a clue. If you hear that sound, run! <laughs> when I say run, as the doctor would say. Well, the answer is alligator. It's an American alligator. That's what you were listening to there, an American alligator. If you put crocodile, give yourself five points, but alligator was the answer. Five points for crocodile. Here we go, number two. Now, I thought when I first did that one, I must have recorded it at the wrong speed, but I think that is the correct speed. Play it again, and I'll give you a clue in a moment. Okay, I'll tell you, it's a type of bird. Because a very high-pitched sound like that travels a long way, I think, which is strange because they all say about whales in the ocean, um, their very deep, long notes travel for miles and miles and miles. Okay, the answer is barn owl. If you've got barn owl, absolutely 10 points. If you put a type of owl, let's say five points. Or if you, well, I already told you it was a bird, so we can't do that. So it's either, if you've got barn owl, barn owl then it's 10 points. Number three, here we go. And the clue, still at 10 points, is there was more than one there. There was more than one. Let's play it again. So it's a group of them. Any idea? We're still with birds. Well, in the bird family, should we say. Let's be a bit more generous. Right. Well, they weren't gobbling, but they were turkey. They were turkey. Have a listen. So that was that. Number four. What creature is making this sound? 
Right, any twitches listening? Any twitches in the room? Bill Oddie listening? Twitches? No? Play it one more time and then I'll tell you the answer. Now the lot the longer bit gives you an idea because it seems to be mocking you. It's a mockingbird. Yeah. Good that one, wasn't it? Here we go. At number five, up to number five of twelve. Here we go. Now that was strange. When I uh first heard that I thought it was some sort of a pig. It's not a pig. Give you that for a clue. And I'm going to give you another clue, still 10 points, uh, mainly lives in a tree. That might help you. Okay, well, 10 points if you've got orangutan. If you've got some sort of monkey or just the word monkey, give yourself five points, but it was an orangutan. Here we go, number six. Oh dear, that sounds like someone's got a nasty chest, which is not very pleasant at this particular time uh, in the world at the moment. Well, what on earth was that? Play it again. Um, there's a cartoon character that's one of these, and he's... First name is Rocky. Here we go. If you needed the Rocky clue, five points. It was a raccoon. Rocky raccoon. It was a raccoon that you heard. Okay, number seven. Here we go. Oh, you don't think. Do you need a clue for that one? Let me think of a clue that I like, but my, well, you already know it. Uh, Jessica Alba, when she was quite young, was in a TV series that was uh, a little bit, had a creature like this in it. Here we go. Let's play a bit more. Yes, it was a dolphin. Dolph you got that. You, you didn't need the clue for that, did you? Ten points, you got dolphin. We're up to number eight. Here we go. Twelve in all. Now, wow. Uh, now, that might be easier for people in the United States to get. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. What clue can I give for that one? Associated with water, but fresh water, not seawater, fresh water. Okay. And the answer was, it was a beaver. You were listening to the sound of a beaver. Okay, we're now up to number nine. 
12 in all, is number nine. I had to cut that, so that must be the easiest one of the lot. I'll give you a clue. I mean, I don't want to trumpet how good this uh, this quiz is, but that, that is the easiest question on this quiz. I'll tell you the answer and then I'll play the rest. Of course it was an elephant trumpeting an elephant. Here we go. And again, that's a high-pitched sound, but again, it's supposed to carry, so if they've lost uh, any strays from the, the family group, uh, they can call them to heal with that. Okay, that was elephant number 10. Now, this may be difficult for UK listeners. That's the clue. But you're still on 10 points. Okay. I'm going to give you another clue to that. But you're still on 10 points. It's not a type of dog. Some people might think, oh, is that a, you know, one of these little tiny little miniature dogs or something yapping away? But it's not. Okay, uh, down to five points. We're in the sort of bird family. Um, how can I put that? Uh, flightless bird, I suppose, the easiest way. Is that the best way? Hope I'm right in my characterization of it. Here we go. Last time to hear it. Yeah, when I, when I heard it, I thought it was going to be a dingo or something like that. But it's actually a roadrunner. A roadrunner. Yes, a cartoon character mostly known for in the UK, Looney Tunes. But um, a roadrunner is an actual creature. Yeah. Number 11. What creature is making this sound? What do you think that was? Well, when I first, and, and I, I mean, I knew what they were when I was listening to them, but the, my visual thought, thought process was what I imagined. When I heard that, I was thinking of like a water buffalo. It sounded to me, if I close my eyes, more, well, you don't need to close your eyes because there's no picture, but it sounded to me like a water buffalo. But um, I'll give you the clue. You're down to five points now. The clue is it's very much smaller than a water buffalo. Okay, the answer is bullfrog. But if you put frog, give yourself 10 points. Well, five if you needed all the clues. But it was a bullfrog. And we're up to the last one now, and I hope I pronounce its name properly at the end. Here we go. Okay, the clue I'm going to give you, you're still on 10 points. I'm not sure it makes that sound vocally uh, by rapid movements okay and let me give you another clue down to five points 
an example of that, and it's not this, would be something like a locust uh, uh, cricket. Uh, and I'm not saying it's either, it isn't either of those two, but it's making a noise, I think, with its body rather than actually vocalising it. So play it one more time. Last, the question, last question of the quiz. Okay, the answer is cicada. I think that's how you pronounce it. C-I-C-A-D-A, -A, cicada. Um, insect, well, beetle, I suppose you'd call it, is it? Well, there you are. That's the quiz done, and we've done it in just about, oh, we've just gone over the hour, I think. Just gone over the hour a little bit. So I hope you enjoyed that. Remember, um, you scoring those yourself, you'll never know whether you got the best score. They were originally, I said, about um, 340 points up the graphs. I think they were probably more like 360, maybe 380 points with all the little bonuses that I put in there. But I would say anything over 250 is okay. Anything between 300 and 400 points, doing very well. Anything over 400 points, Excellent. If you're anywhere near to the 500 mark, well done you. Okay, so this is Dave C on Never Isolated, episode 36, The Lonesome Quiz 4, posted as for Saturday, May the 2nd, 2020. Thank you ever so much for listening. Now, the next episode will not be until Monday. Um, that will be uh, episode 37, no less. On Monday, May the 4th, or the 4th of May, may the force be with you, as they say. And um, we will be back to giving out some of the statistics. I'm not going to bring us down by quoting any statistics today. Hope you're keeping safe. Hope you're keeping yourself as isolated as possible and hoping you are, you know, keep washing those hands and doing all the best you can to keep you, you and yours safe. So with that, I'm going to end the recording now and uh, catch you on Monday. Bye for now. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.